We're going to talk a little bit, I hope it's beneficial to us, and about obstacles to the no-brainer. And we'll get to the no-brainer. I love these decisions. When I don't have to think, I don't have to worry. A no-brainer is just a decision. You don't have to engage your brain to think. I knew I was going up through the school business and those working in and the kids here in the audience will understand. Bad weather comes. I was, just call off school. That's a no-brainer. We don't have to come. But that's not a no-brainer. There's a lot of things you have to think about, uh, a lot of people that involved. So I, I found out that's not a no-brainer for some. So that kind of tells me a no-brainer for some people might not be a no-brainer for others. Depends on where you are in life. Uh, when I drove up from Shamrock, I, got on, I followed the laws of the road. That's a no-brainer to me because I didn't want to hit a truck. So we're going to spend some time to talk about things that can get in the way of the no-brainer that we're fixing to get to. Revelation 7 and 15 describes heaven. Therefore are they before the throne of God, serving them day and night and at the temple. And he saith that the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, shall lead them into the living fountains of the waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. In Revelation 21 and 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Here we see heaven is described as a place of peace and comfort. No trials, no fear, no want, and never ending. Revelation 21 and 8, Hell is described, Be, be thee fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, I can't say that word, sorry, and murderers and whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars shall have part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. And we're reading Matthew, and shall cast them in the furnace of fire, there shall be welling and gnashing of teeth. So heaven's a place of peace, hell's a place of torment. And these are the pictures I found. Hope it comes up. When I think about what I want to live here or here for in eternity, that's my no-brainer. That should be anybody. That's everybody in here is no-brainer. And I bet if we go out in the world and we could ask a child, we could show them a burning house and a mansion and say, where do you want to live? They're going to pick the mansion every time. It's a no-brainer. You don't want to suffer in a fiery furnace for eternity. So what gets in the way of our no-brainers, this no-brainer for me and you? We know sin's out there, and we're going to talk a little bit about We're going to look at three instances where... One chose the right path and one chose the left path this afternoon. We're going to begin with the following your heart and a rich young ruler. We start in, uh, this is in Mark. Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, thou knowest all the commandments. I'm reading the, the highlighted. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Master, all these things I observed from my youth. And then he said, There's one more thing. Sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at the saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And I don't know, know when the rich, when he's making this decision, is he thinking about now or eternity? <laughs> Don't know he was grieved, so he knew there was problems. 
But when we're making decisions, I wonder what he was thinking about. And I don't know, they went away grieved, though, because he knew he wasn't going to follow the Lord. Just like today, our wants and needs cloud our judgment on decisions that we make daily. We need to have a mindset of the heavenly goal and a mind as we walk, as we walk through life. We're warned about following our heart. We read in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. <clears throat> Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. See here, we need to trust in the Lord. Let him direct our past. Uh, the rich young ruler did not let that happen. He chose the path. He chose the path and went away sorrowful. So we need, there's danger in following our heart and following our own wants. We read that Abraham moves his family in Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Go, go thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and, I'll make, my name, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse, curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was, Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed. I don't know about you, I saw no hesitation in Abraham just picking up a family and moving at 75 years old. I've moved one time in 30 years, and that was a half a block, and I was miserable. And I had pickups, I had trailers, I had help. He picked up his stuff, him and his wife and his nephew Lot, and moved to an unknown place. No question. Moved. The rich young ruler didn't have this attitude. Because he was worried about what he was going to lose, not what he could gain. He trusted in his heart, not God. He believed in what he wanted because he wanted this now. And he, I don't think he was worried about what's going to happen in the future. I don't think he could clearly see that. To me, following God instead of following our own heart, it's a no-brainer. And when we come to these decisions, the temptations and the Sin can come into our lives. We need to have this picture in our mind when we're fighting it. We need to pray, as Zane mentioned this morning. We need to keep in our mind at all times the decisions we make. And if we let sin come into our lives, that's a wall that's built up. That's an obstacle to what we said was a no-brainer. We, we read about following other people. Here a young prophet was, delivered, was told to deliver God's message to King Jeroboam. He was told not to eat, nor drink, nor go return the same way. And we read in 1 Kings 13 and 8, he said, this is a prophet, an older prophet came to the younger prophet. He said unto them, I am a prophet also as thou art. And the angel spake unto me the word of the, by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee in thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water but he lied to him here was a young prophet went and delivered his message and left and was doing what's right the older prophet heard that he was there and went and found him crossed his path and he said an angel of the Lord spoke to me you can come eat and drink and he believed him he said I'm also a prophet he believed him 
So we went back and ate and drank as he was commanded not to. And we see in 1 Kings 13 and 24, And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast away, and his ass stood by it, and the lion also stood by the carcass. He trusted another prophet. Somebody you think you could trust. That's why it's important that we know the word of God, we know what we're supposed to do, we study, so we can tell the truth from a lie. That's very important. Another man of God, or another prophet, told him, come, it's okay. And he listened. And we read the dangers of this. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them down, which cause division. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which they have learned, and avoid them. We are warned not to associate with those that cause divisions and do not follow God's word. We tend to take up the characteristics of the people we're around sometimes. Trying to please men can lead us from God, and when we need to keep God first. I talked to... Can't, I don't have it down, but I think this is where I was wanting to tell this one. I had a co-worker. We had a drive to Lubbock from Shamrock. And we left at 5 in the morning because we had to be there early. So we had a lot of time to talk. <laughs> and coming back, we started talking about church doctrine, beliefs, and, and, and why, what I believe the Bible says, how you worship God. Because I knew which church he went to, and he was active in the church. And we finally got down to something. I said, I've got one, I've I got to ask this question. I've been wanting to ask you this whole time we've been talking. How do you get around not taking the Lord's Supper every first day of the week? What's y'all's rule or whatever? <laughs> what do y'all follow? Because he, he had told me, we got through this conversation, he was, his grandmother was Church of Christ, and he was raised by her in the church, but he moved over. He said, well, the, we just do it, I ain't quarterly. I said, but it says every first day of the week. How do you pick which quarter the first? I mean, I don't understand. And we kept talking, and he finally said, I don't believe in everything we do. And this is a, and I, I just said, <laughs> you can imagine what I said. I just had my look on my face. You don't, you're going to church, you're going, and you're worshiping, and you don't believe in what you're doing? He was just following what they said, even though he had read it. You know, they, they, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, but I'm here. A group of people, you know, we heard in the last year about churches of Christ changing the way they worship because of what people say they want. And we've just seen following your heart where that gets you. <laughs> we've seen where following man gets you. We always need to be sure that we're worshiping God and keeping each commandment. And if you don't believe in it, <laughs> you might look at something else. That's what I told him, and I don't think he did. And I, the conversation got pretty short then, so I, I don't know. I probably didn't handle that correctly because I should have kept the conversation going a little bit. But I just, I just, couldn't, uh, I just couldn't believe what he said there. Here we see an example of following God. Here, uh, uh, Job was, uh, had boils. He, let's see, Satan had smote Job with boils from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. 
And, and Job was described as an upright, upright man uh, that did the right thing and had integrity. And he was in pain, and Job 2 and 9, his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity, curse God, and die? But he said unto her, Thou speakest, speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. His wife told him to <laughs> curse God and get die. You don't have integrity. Look at you. You're hurting. You've got sores all over you. And God's allowed Satan to do this to you. Do you have your integrity? But he wouldn't do it. And not only did he not do it, I think he was thinking about that. Not only did he not do it, he told her she shouldn't do it. <laughs> what she shouldn't say. And he showed her that no matter how bad I hurt, we're going to receive good and there's going to be good things happen to us and bad things happen to us. But he stayed true to God and wouldn't do what she said. I think he has this in mind when he's making decisions. When Abraham made his decision, I think they have this in mind. Trust God. I think Job had this in mind. And I, I think when we're making decisions and people are trying to lead us astray, we need to have this in mind as we're making our decisions. Uh, numbers 20 and 10, the effects of a group of people can have on this. Uh, the congregation were kind of rebelling against Moses and Aaron and questioning everything. Why would y'all lead us out here? There's no water. And uh, I can kind of relate to this. It kind of sounds like a basketball game to me when everybody's mad and yelling and wanting you to fix it. So Aaron and Moses went to Went and, and God told them, he said, take the, take the rod, speak to the rock, and it'll give you water. But we read in, in Numbers 20 and 10, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. So this shows that they were speaking out against them, and, and by that tone, I probably should have read it a little different. Hear now, ye rebels. They're, per, they're pretty upset about what's going on. Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with the rod he smote the rock twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. When the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Sometimes a crowd can get us in a, in a state of mind that we're not probably thinking clearly. Um, we lose our focus and, and start to act like everyone else. Uh, I don't know if you've gone to games. I try to set away from everybody. And I can't remember if I've told this story about three years ago, I was going to help Kenan keep stats for the football game. And by the second quarter, I was fixing to have to kick myself out of the game. I think when I yelled, and Josh will get a kick out of this, I yelled, the wingback has seven unassisted tackles on our end. And uh, then everybody, I looked up, and everybody's looking at me, and I said, Kenan, you're going to have to do this by yourself. I'm leaving. Because my surroundings, I started to act like that. Everybody's yelling, and you get stirred up. And I think, I wish I could remember what it was so I could tell you, but I remember when they had the mob mentality, when everybody's riding and tearing stuff up. After a while, there's just a mass of people. They can interview, what, and they can't even tell you what they're mad about. 
They're just mad and tearing stuff up. So a group of people can cause us to get stirred up. And just like Moses and Aaron, instead of speaking to the rock, they smote the rock or hit the rock. Your surroundings be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Enough said there. If we're around people that are acting a certain way, then they're going to corrupt us. We read here, God will deliver. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abendan, I can't ever say this one either, Abendanego, that's how it's going to be pronounced. I don't think that's correct. Showed us this. They went, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had built a golden image, and there were several, when they heard, the, the signal was, when they heard the music of several instruments playing, they had to drop down and, and, uh, and kneel. If they didn't do this, they bound them, threw them in a fire furnace within the hour. No time to, I mean, it was done. And here, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't fall in, and they didn't fall when the signal sounded. So we start in Daniel 3 and 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer in thee this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he shall deliver us out of the hand of the king. See, the king had told them, if you don't do this, we're going to throw you in there. And they didn't, they didn't do it. Um, Daniel 24, we pick up that Nebuchadnezzar, after they'd been thrown in the fiery pit, Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Do not we, Did not we cast three, three men bound in a mist of fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then we read on in the, verse 29, this is the king, therefore I make a decree that every people, that every people, nation, and language would speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces. Their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sword. What kind of influence did they have by standing up, standing with God? The king's image that they're supposed to fall down and worship, it's gone now. Because they stood up. They were willing to, they were willing to take this on in this life to gain this. That's courage. That's faith. That's believing. You know, we've been talking a lot about trials. A lot of time, if we're going to gain the heavenly reward, we have to face bad things. Sometimes we feel tormented, but we don't ever need to lose our faith. We've seen here three examples of people that followed their heart, other men, or a group, got carried away the group, went against God's word, and there was consequences. But we saw three examples where people stood with God, trusted and believed. And got rewarded for that. When we go through life, when, we, when, when we're faced with decisions, we're around a group of people, influence them in the positive way. <laughs> Don't let the group take you the negative way. 
We need to be showing the group how to be. We need to be showing the group that we're different, that we believe different, and we're not going to go along and, and uh, be a part of it. And we live in a society today, that opportunity is probably, you have that opportunity pretty regular to show that we are different, we are going to be different, we're not going to be like everyone else. And as Christians, we should. Because we want the heavenly reward. That's To get to heaven, we need to follow God's will, not the will of ourselves, or not follow our hearts, trust God's instructions, not the instruction of man from man, influence a group by serving God. And it's just the opposite if we want the eternal punishment. To get the heavenly reward, yet to follow the plan of salvation and all and be baptized. Jesus is our Savior for and He died for our sin. So we can receive the reward of everlasting life. We can't get to heaven alone. We have to have Jesus. He gave his life so we can have forgiveness of sin and we can have eternal life. And we need to follow God's word, trust God's word, and be a faithful servant to him till the end. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.